Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Please be seated. What is it about large buildings of which we humans are so enamored? I admit it. I love walking around this great place or riding by after a dinner downtown. Often during the week, I'll come in here seeking a moment of solitude, but will find myself admiring the, the beauty of this place. There are curves and angles here that had to be built solely for the glory of God because no one can see them except for God. So imagine Jesus just having come from a worship service. He's on the temple steps when one of his disciples asks about the buildings. If they were speaking of our place today, they may say, look at the grand roof, how sturdy. Only to hear Jesus say, don't be fooled. Don't be led astray. It's all coming down one day. The rebuilding of the Second Temple in Jerusalem was one of the highlights of the period of King Herod's reign. The temple was massive, grandiose, and seemingly permanent structure. While many of us have complained about how long our roof has taken to complete, between Jewish records and the Gospel of John, we know that the temple took three quarters of a century, 75 years, to rebuild. We also know that just six years later, the temple was destroyed in AD 70 AD. For the Jews, it was the symbol of God's presence, thought to be the dwelling place of God and the closest point of contact between God and humans. The thought of such a building being destroyed just as it would be if we were to hear such, would be shocking, removing their symbol of stability. As we read on down the passage, they begin to ask all the same questions we would want to ask. When? What are the signs? But in classic Jesus style, instead of providing an easy response to their question, Jesus instructs the disciples not to be led astray by simplistic answers to ultimate questions. Human predictors and saviors will only give people a false sense of security and knowledge. Robert Miles said, the question to ask is not, is the end near, but rather, is God near? And Jesus' answer to that is an emphatic, personal, and powerful yes. Miles continues that the reality of Christ's promise enables us to let God be who God is and to put our energy and effort into being who we are, the baptized people of God, the body of Christ, in this particular time and in this particular place. This week, 
as I pondered these passages, I recalled one particular day when I was sitting in a church history class as a professor spoke of works of Martin Luther, Calvin, Zwingli, all the way to the justice theologians like Howard Thurman and many more. And I imagined this huge timeline as if it was all of life. And for just that moment, the thought came to me that we had been dropped down in this particular spot and that we were up to bat. It's my turn. It's your turn. And for just this particular time and place, we have journeyed together. In the short time that I've been at St. James, we've been through a lot together. Chris and I, and most of you, uh, Philip is now our fifth leader in that short time, either as rector or priest in charge or interim. And with each has come change. Along the way, I would say, we just have to hold the line, stay charged up until the relief troops get here. Chris's mantra became, bring people to faith, deepen the faith. Everything else is human failure. Did I get it right? <laughs> Chris, I believe we did that and more. I read one wise comment from a priest who on his ordination day was told, ordination does not make you a priest. It gives you the permission to learn how to be one. And that truly is good advice for any of us who stand in this position to keep learning how to become the leaders you have asked us to be. This week, many of us witnessed that glorious celebration of new ministry for Philip. It gave us all that opportunity to officially welcome him as our new rector, and for that, we are thankful. As Reed Murkison said in his homily Thursday evening, it won't be perfect. Otherwise, we wouldn't need a savior. The good news is that we have a savior. As the writer of Hebrews reminds us, Jesus is our high priest, and that is who we follow. God has called the church in this time and place to be the lookout for the world, because the world needs the church, and sometimes that includes changing the guard changing the ones on watch in a particular place at a particular time. But it takes all of us, the whole body of Christ, to point others to the presence and power of God wherever we are called to serve. Today, we say goodbye to Chris. We've shared high fives, shock, spiritual moments, and perhaps we duked it out a couple times, but mostly we've shared ministry. Chris, you were the right person in the right place at the right time. The work you've done here for the past five years through all the transitions whether through your work with evangelism, outreach, the bread breakers, I know I'll leave out some, and thankfully 
for technology that finally brought us into the 21st century. The work you have done has projected St. James forward in such a way that the people of St. James, regardless of who stands in this position, will reap the benefits of your ministry for years to come. So allow me to close with words from David White called The Journey. Above the mountains, the geese turn into the light again, painting their black silhouettes on an open sky. Sometimes everything has to be inscribed across the heavens so you can find the one line already written inside you. Sometimes it takes a great sky to find that first bright and indescribable wedge of freedom in your own heart. Sometimes the bones of black sticks left when the fire has gone out, someone has written something new in the ashes of your life. You are not leaving. Even as the light fades quickly now, you are arriving. Amen.